Hello and welcome to a special edition of Arrestonomics. My name is Ben Tallon. I am your host. This is the Original Thinking and Creative Innovation podcast. Hi, mate. You alright? Uh, I'm outdoors. Um, I'm currently just off uh, Brick Lane on Shoreditch. It's the DNAD Festival special edition. Um, thanks to Illustration Limited, supporters of the show, for getting me a pass um, to the inaugural DNAD Festival. Uh, over 150. Welcome to the Arrest or Mimics podcast with your host Ben Tan. So the car backing down the alley when I was trying to record this introduction the first time almost gave me a bloody heart attack. Ran over a carrier bag, didn't even see it coming. Wow. This is the dangers of recording on location in East London. It's pretty chaotic. It's going off, as you would hope. It's the 2016 and inaugural DNAD Festival. I'm here... Um, I'm behest of Illustration Limited, who are going to be down here working with the AOI, giving portfolio surgeries in a little while. We'll talk to some of the guys working on that. Hoping to catch up with Timber Smiths of Little White Light as creative director, giving us some fresh insight on that. Bit of a new man to the party there. Um, yeah, hoping to bring you some talks with industry leaders, people involved with DNAD, telling you what it's all about. It's all going on. There's a really good buzz around the place um, as I'm pulling close to the site now. Um, and this show is also sponsored as well as by Illustration Limited by Heart Internet, who, as I said, I'm bringing you a social media and a valuable SEO tip every episode. Uh, this show's special tip is a very quick one because it's all getting kind of crazy around here. But it's basically make sure your website loads up quick as it possibly can um shot on the you know make sure the size of the images are quite small because as nick leach from heart internet tells us um half of your visitors will leave the, your website if it takes longer than three seconds to load so keep that in mind simple stuff but really important um cool i'm gonna get down there and see who's about at dnad festival 2016 it's already busy milling about loads of interesting people here um hoping i can get some really insightful conversations today and i've managed to already agree a sit-down conversation with Andy Sandoz, who is not only the executive creative director of Havas Worldwide, um, one of the biggest ad agencies in the world, but also the current president of DNAD. So for anybody that doesn't know, it's design and art direction. And these guys have championed and awarded the most prestigious, most creative advertising and design work over the last 54 years, I believe, I think it started. In 1962... So we're going to be having a little chat about what this role means to Andy, his uh, own experience, his view on the creative industries right now, creativity and advertising, and how we're going to move forward with technology as an asset and not a burden. Um, Really fascinating conversation. I hope you guys get a lot from it. Um, To be honest, I've I've outdone myself in pegging down Andy. He's a busy man. As we speak, he's buzzing around, finishing off the awards winners and setting up for his talk this morning at 10 o'clock, so... Thank you ever so much for giving me the time for this. Uh, and we'll kick it off with Andy, the top dog. So, so you're uh, Executive Creative Director at Habas, right? As well as, I am. Yeah. yeah, as well as... And how, how's the balancing going? I mean, do you, have, do, you do, do a lot for DNAD? I mean, yeah, the, the presidency is, is, um, is pretty full on, but it, it's in bursts, I think. So around the festival... Um, and judging it's full on so I just give it my whole time Yeah. and then uh, at other points I travel on behalf of DNAD and there's various bits so there's points in the year where it really turns up and there's, there's points in the year where it turns back down so it's yeah. manageable but it is yeah. kind of two jobs but yeah. two fun jobs so no complaints yeah. know, it's kind of um, 
interesting and, and to be the president is just a real privilege I mean yeah I mean that's one of the things I was going to touch on I was doing my own work for this and for the whole festival just the, the, the sheer level of talent in that role you know that must be a, uh, such a buzz yeah for you to do that it's but just it's the connections you make the people you're able to talk with the yeah kind of um, the influence you're able to be part of I think that's all really really exciting and humbling and, and kind of um, well uh, I'm trying to think, whatever the opposite of humbling is it's also that in a weird way you know yes, it gives you yeah. confidence but it Absolutely, also yeah. like if you're not just a, a raving lunatic it, it, it makes you feel quite humble about it all at the same time and it's just really good really good fun yeah and Dear Lady is such a brilliant brand and a brilliant product that um, nearly everyone wants to be um, part of it part of help, helping build it yeah uh, and I think that's one of the brilliant things is is um, to do this on behalf of a good product that does so much good mm. um, and to, for people to want to be sort of in partnership with that I think that's a really good place to be yeah so was the, was the role something you kind of sought out or did you, were you were you kind of handpicked how did that I don't understand how that comes about was that how did it come about I think I think if I'm honest with you I can't I did seek it out yeah in a kind of quiet egotistical kind of <laughs> I think we all would machine like way but but never never overtly or aggressively or anything I've been working with DNAD a long time and I've always really respected DNAD the awards the education platforms and I've always liked sort of using DNAD to talk to students and try and raise the bar of creativity and, and mm. I always liked the sense that I would you know give a little bit back yeah to what it, I take you know it's a very privileged job I have to just dream up ideas all day long and I, and I like more people to have that privilege I think so yes so I've been involved with them a long time and then I've been involved with the management teams and the execs in trying to help TNAD get fitter and, and more modern and uh, make it and it's in a great place today uh, all my own doing obviously. <laughs> but, uh, through, through teams of people doing that and so I've been involved a long time and, and at some point a lot of people start to say oh you'll be president one day and sort of tip you for it and then sooner or later someone whispers in the ear are you interested in doing it mm. and then the way it kind of works is because there's a bunch of people from the exec that are eligible you you kind of are politely sort of ushered towards it if no one objects yeah and so you need people to kind of say no stand aside and i've stood aside for people in the past and um and uh i mean so so it's it's sort of democratic but, okay, that's but good. politely and open but any yeah. like you are voted on to the exec by the public and then from the exec a president is selected mm. and that is a democratic process so okay. um, it's never kind of there's no kind of funding for the primaries in Wisconsin and all that kind of uh, <laughs> Hillary and there's no kind of two people at a caucus shouting at each other yeah. there's no house of cards going on here it's hard to imagine that in a design world I'd be, yeah. I'd be quite curious to see that as a, almost a mock campaign yeah you know? I want to make references to house of cards but I'm worried about putting spoiler alerts into your show so I'm, <laughs> actually I'm, I got I'm, a, I'm only speaking of TV and spoilers I'm only I'm very early doors on Game of Thrones and I got a brief through earlier for an editorial commission and I Luckily, there were no spoilers, but it came really close in areas, and I was kind of angry <laughs> to the point where I thought, "Do I not back this job so I don't ruin the TV?" <laughs> I was told a good story on Wednesday. I have the real privilege, actually, of doing a, a live Skype interview with um, uh, 
Oh my god, my brain, I'm so tired. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Can we cut this bit of the show? Can you not make me it look... Depends if it depends. Sometimes it's better. I like, these, I like make, these bits. Can you not... My god. Can you not make me look this bad? Oh, Ralph Steadman, the famous, inimitable Ralph Steadman. So I, I get to interview Ralph Steadman. And I've, I mean, I've been a fanboy of illustration my um, whole life, really. I studied illustration. Mm. And I, I wrote kind of university thesis on 19th century caricature and Gilray and Delme, wow. um, you know, and, and the work of Tenniel and Shepard and all these wonderful kind of uh, uh, turn of the century, 19th century illustrators. It was such beautiful work. And I always liked how the polemics, there's a brilliant story about Delme. He drew the king as a pear, a rotten pear, and they put him in the dock and said, how dare you, like... Um, uh, talk about the king in this way what are you doing he said well he looks a bit like a pear <laughs> and, and apparently the people went yeah fair enough and let him off uh, so, and, and then when he was in prison he was in prison for his caricature I think and he was still drawing and sneaking his caricature right, out of prison right. so I've had this long history with illustration um, and then was on and illustrated books for a very short period of time but it wasn't really good enough and went and took a job uh, um, but it was my first love in a sense and, and, and people like Ralph Steadman and the Gonzo period of illustration and, and that, so so that wonderful. But I, I'm getting to interview him on Wednesday in his studio, and I believe we'll do a live drawing, which is really exciting. I'm very envious. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll come, come and see. You know, get in the crowd. We'll get you. We'll oh, get you totally. I mean, when I when I saw the lineup, I was like, oh god, like Ralph Steadman, and then when I found out it was going to be video, I was like, oh, it's <laughs> not a this, shame. Not on this occasion, yeah, yeah. shame I can't be there. I mean, he's right up there, you know, with the people I'd love to, love to even just spend 20 minutes with, you know. Exactly, I would love to be in a room with him, but I'll take Skype over, nothing, you know. Absolutely, yeah, I mean. But he had a commission for Breaking Bad, and he'd never seen Breaking Bad. Uh, so he had to chain it in three weeks to do all the illustrations, I was told. <laughs> Which is kind of how most people watch Breaking Bad anyway, except well, Ralph Steadman's in his 80s. So, so good. I was told he got into it, which wouldn't surprise me. That's, yeah, that's brilliant. You can imagine, at least just going by his previous work, that he'd be right up there. I mean, that's an interesting segue, because jumping forward a little bit now, I absolutely loved your manifesto for, the, for this role. And you mentioned about that kind of idea of, um, I guess you hinted at disagreeable thinking and, and the kind of almost you know you, you talk quite at length about sort of technology and actually quite positively which is refreshing to me because a lot of people like to bang the drum about it oh, it was better before when and all that kind of attitude but like you said it's, it's if used as a tool in a nutshell at least it's a very powerful thing and it opens yeah. so many doors for us now but this lineup of, uh, on the, the first DNAD festival is full of people who've challenged whether it's someone like Ralph who brought through a few decades ago yeah always stood out from a crowd and, and kind of not been afraid to use what's at their fingertips to move forward um, how's that how have you seen much change in what's quite a short tenure given that the DNA president presidency has been a year I mean no I, I haven't really seen change in that I mean I still think very much I mean, the, mani the, the manifesto was written as a 20 year manifesto not a one year manifesto right, okay. I right in a one year manifesto I don't, I'm not not really going to see much that's what like, I felt like yeah. you would see huge disruption in certain things but not from a manifesto that I'm writing there so I wrote it with a bit more longevity to it yeah in the sense of this is what I think you know this is the roadmap I would like to see and I think that I'm um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of technology used the right way it's not for its own sake but for different ways of solving problems and yes. opening up new opportunities and I think that we have 
a multitude of problems around us in the world and, and, and unfortunately a sort of paucity of solutions. So we really need different answers. Mm. And I think that's going to come from technology. And, but specifically, I don't think it has to come from uh, ideas that are using technology. I think it's just that are influenced by technology. I think if you understand the openness of the internet or GitHub or an API or, or whatever influence or the way code works, if that else statements, then it will change the kind of ideas that you have yes. in your illustration or, or just in how you approach your day. You yeah. don't have to execute with technology to do that. You just have to be influenced by technology. Very much so. So my call is mostly about influence rather than execution Yes. because I think it gives you fresh perspective and that's what I'm looking for. Really. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, no, I'm no tech zealot. I don't know how to code. I'm just, I just don't, I just don't care. I just like, I'm not afraid of it. Yeah. Most people I talk to with technology have this strange fear, and I mean, you can't see me. It's a podcast, but it's like a gun's pointing at them. You know, they've got yeah. their hands pointing up. All the tech, and I'm like, it isn't gonna shoot you. You know, like no. get involved in experiment. When was it any different? That's the thing. It's like, you know, whether it's, it's the first Apple Mac. Mm-hmm. It's all that. Over all the eras, you could go back and find in different cases when someone said, "Oh God, it was better before," or "We don't need." No, it's. I think. Just in a personal instance, the way I've branded this show, as you'll see on, there's a flyer in the envelope I've given you, but I, when I first moved into my studio, I mean, I'm on a site with 450 people, full of creative, everyone that creative of some description, and it's a really exciting place to be. So I walked into the lady's studio opposite on the first open studios we had, and she's got full 3D printing going off right across the studio. Oh, great. Never seen it in person, and it just, something exploded in my mind, and it changed everything, because... I've been working with good creative directors who've told me the, the value of simplicity and, and treating things with subtlety, you know, with the way I use my inks, for example. Straight away, I wanted to work directly onto these 3D prints that were being generated there. Um, so then, one year down the line, when I finally found the idea that could implement that, facilitate that, uh, I commissioned a print that like, cost me 300 quid to get my sort of head and shoulders done with the headphones for this show, and then just created this set and this whole environment, and that was so liberating for me. It, it sounds fantastic, it, it yeah. took what I was doing to a whole different level and it, and it allowed me the freedom to step away from my traditional illustration style given that this show's about my guests and not yeah. me it, it meant I could cut loose from the Ben Talon brand and do something completely new and test myself for these ideas I knew I was capable of generating yeah, that's but like it. you say it's a catalyst it had been there subconsciously for a year and then suddenly the touch paper's yeah. lit when I see this idea comes yeah. along and I, I find it really exciting and empowering yeah technology for me is um it's bringing back a lot of good human stuff. You know, I think the, there's an inter- the interesting phrase is post-digital. And I think people use this phrase appallingly because they use it to suggest that we've moved past digital in the sense of, oh look, we've now got Twitter, what's next? Mm-hmm. And like, look, you at the foothills of digital technology, yeah. we won't be past it for maybe ever, or unless there's some kind of zombie apocalypse, then we'll get past it. <laughs> the rest of it, we're going to be in the digital revolution for a long time, and just on the basis. But what, when I looked into this term post-digital, I started to look at the art phrase, kind of post-modern, um, and the architecture movements are post-modern. But the art phrase, when it, post-modernism, was when the humanity returned to modernism. So modernism was quite stark and, mm. and sort of a certain kind of way of looking at the world that wasn't very human. And postmodernism is when the human character came back. And post-digital is that for me when I think about the words. And, and it's the humanity returning to the technology. And I think with technology, we've all got a little bit tech overload. We've all seen the matrix. We've all got scared by the singularity. And the sense that we've all kind of 
taking the pill, if you like, for technology. Yeah. But what's happening is technology is, is returning to humanity and it's making us more human, it's connecting us, it's creating more compassion points. If you look at the, the nascent political revolutions we're seeing around, uh, they're, they're being crowdsourced because of technology. Mm. You look at the rise in vinyl, that is almost a backlash to technology yeah. and their lack of tactility. Um, and so I think, I think tech is empowering us in ways that you wouldn't expect it to. And that's what I like about it. Yes. It's not the known unknowns. It's not the things we think we can predict, the pattern recognition. It's the weird stuff, the unknown unknowns that I'm excited by, mm. the stuff you wouldn't predict. And that's what technology gives us. It gives us surprises. Yeah. And I think that's fascinating. Yeah, and just the world being smaller. I was just only at a party the other week and talking to a guy who's a neuroscientist. And he was, just for his own interest, had started creating images in an artistic fashion from these scans. Yeah. He's in Manchester. He lives right near where I used to live. I was like, right, next time I'm in town, I've got to come and talk Great. to you because I don't know where it's going to lead. But so we have, have seen to have the that. work. Not yet, yeah, but yeah. I just said we've got to have that beer or that coffee because I, I don't know where it's going to go, but much like the 3D printing, I'm wide open to where it might yeah. take things. Well, you, know? you, you touch on a massive point, really. Like a lot of that manifesto, a lot of the talks I do, it, it just says what you put in your brain matters. And, and if you put technology in your brain, you will have tech cultured ideas. But if you put 3D printing, if you put um, any kind of reference, football, music, or whatever, it changes your output. Mm. And so, what's nice I'm hearing about you is. You go and look for interesting things to put in your head yeah. to encourage what comes out the other end. Yeah. And that's exactly the point of creativity is what you put in influences what comes out. Absolutely. And therefore what you and, and at your fingertips you've got the world of reference. On your phone, on your computer, you have absolutely every reference from any time in history ever at your fingertips. Yes. Yeah. So why is our work not weirder or stranger yeah. or more out there? That's yeah. what I want to where's the punk? Where's the attitude? This is my, if you're listening, students. Nail on the head. Where's the punk yeah. in the work? Where's the, the, the banshee well, the cry, the, yeah. the, the, the experiment? Because you have, you can borrow a reference from, God, I don't know, like 2,000 years ago and smash it from a reference that's supposedly 50 years into the future and then cut it with the Beastie Boys or whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and that's what you've got. And that's all creativity is. And it's all there for you. Yes. So, so don't agree. follow formula. Don't follow what's gone before. Yeah. And just do what you think is fucking right. Yeah. And, and, and trust it. So well. We try not to swear by Adam. No, it's fine. Had we, to we've, had some really, we've had some really profane guests, but anything goes. It's the nice it's more thing. for myself, you know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to articulate <laughs> yeah, without profanity. I couldn't do it, you know. I couldn't but do it. It's so true. I mean, I. I that's like I said, I had Don Letts on the show, who was a pivotal part of that punk era with the clash and the Sex Pistols. And he said that he was pissed off that people were still asking him about punk. He said, what's now? Why, why, where is, like, exactly what you said, where's today's punk? Yeah. Why, why is there not a movement? And I don't know, but it's exciting. Cause the I think there movement. is, there's plenty of movements. It's just they're not, they're not uh, mainstreaming or yes. they are trapped in small genres of... Uh, bubbling music. I think if you yeah. look around this part of London, you see lots of movement. Oh, yeah. But if you look into the art colleges, you look into where people people who are trying to do it for a career, mm. I think maybe they get a little fearful that if they toe the line and, it, and if they follow some patterns, they might be more successful. And I can understand that because yes. you want to get moving. I can understand. And we all, and we all fight. I mean, I'm sure most of us have fallen into that trap at some point, as did I way back at uni and, and just out of uni it's, it's only you, you get those activation points where something just 
I mean, I did a series of these ridiculous sort of boxing posters, pitting unbelievable, you know, t- uh, Tyson versus Thatcher. That was one of the fun, yeah, like, first one match. Nice. Yeah. Raw kind of ink drawing, and, it, and it, that was what got me three years worth of work for Channel 4. That just set something off going, that's it, that's exactly it. The stuff that I'm doing in the studio to make someone laugh has got a much wider value. It's, it. um, it's, it. what, it's, what, it's what you do and what you think that matters. Yes. That's what I'm. I'm Borrow every influence and listen to everyone who gives you every piece of advice and take it or don't take it as you see fit. But don't just follow. Try and iterate mm. and reinvent. And, yeah. and certainly if you're as a student, that's your time to experiment because if you do get successful and those briefs, briefs come in, you are constrained because yeah. you have a problem to solve for someone who needs you to do something specific to sell an audience or promote an article. You're not as free as you were. Mm. So get your experimentation in now and yeah. learn who you are now. It's such a golden time to do yeah. that. Um, so with that being said, where, where do you, how do you feel about the current landscape in advertising? Do you feel there's enough creativity? Do you feel that, I mean, it's... Uh, advertising specifically, I think, is in, is in great flux. And I think that's great. It needs to be in flux. It needs to be transitioning. I think it's moving from, very simply, from a broadcast model to, to whatever comes next. And I'm, I'm quite calm in saying I haven't got a clue where it's going mm. because uh, I don't believe anyone does I don't believe anyone that says they're an expert how could you be an expert in anything I certainly don't believe anyone that puts a hashtag in front of the term expert and puts it on Twitter <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a profile name that's the first one that's the first unfollow they've got two unfollows hashtag expert and um, anyone that retweets compliments unfollow yeah. all those people instantly but um, the uh, but the industry is um, interesting because it's trying so hard to figure out where it's going and in the process of doing so trying to figure out where brands are going because mm. that's what we are we're an agency for a business and for a brand and businesses have the same need to reimagine themselves for digital culture as advertising agencies so it's symbiotic where I hope it goes and this isn't saying it will where I hope it goes is through the drive for purpose and profit we start to make businesses that are more ethical and more transparent. Well, actually, they don't have a choice about being transparent. That's driven by the internet. Yeah. But because of the transparency, businesses are becoming more ethical in their processes and more responsible in their products. So people will buy them because that transparency is reflected on their customers who yep. use the product. Their customers want to be good people, yes. so they want to buy a good product. Now, good product just isn't quality anymore. Mm. It's quality and ethics and sustainability yep. and how I'm treated as a customer. All those kind of things. So it's all in the yeah. whole world is in flux. And, and stories have only one element. Yeah. And, st- and the way you tell stories is different. That's, and, and I think, well, just look at the rise in podcasts. Yeah. You, you would say, no way. We've got so many rich media. Why would podcasts work? Yeah. Podcasts are huge for their simplicity. Yeah. And unfiltered. You know, I, no one, the, the nice thing about this is no one's telling me what to do. I'm sat there in my yeah. studio thinking, that's a good idea. I'll see if they're around and yeah. go and do it. And what a wonderful thing. If I was on the radio doing that, I'd have so many more constraints. And, and you, I'd, would. you would. I'd have demographics thrown in front of me. I'd be in team meetings. I'd like, and it wouldn't work. And it wouldn't help you at all. But I think the message I would talk about to the, from the ad industry is, is it's, it's, it's there for reinventing. Yeah. And I think, from the advertising industry, you have such influence into the world on behalf. It's, think about the privilege of this. I put messages into people's consciousness. That's what advertising does. I push mm. messages out through brands into people's minds. That is such a privilege to be able to do that for a job, to say, I'm going to try and make these people think like this or show these people a different way of thinking. 
the responsibility that then comes with that message is huge mm. to try and solve problems for society, to try and solve problems for the world through the power of brands. Yeah. So if you're a young person looking at this industry and thinking it's a dying industry, I would argue it's a reinventing industry. And we're going to reinvent its energy to do good in the world. And, and what we need is young, vibrant, interesting, creative people to come on that journey and say, I can use this vehicle to use my creativity to make the world better. Mm. And that's how I would want advertising to be seen by sort of uh, young people now as an opportunity for them to express positivity into the world and maybe drive the world in a better direction. I think so. I think the thing is nail on the head. Um, you know, it's, I think it's brilliant. I mean, it's such a, a powerful vehicle as you say and that's just a privilege I think privilege is right it is um, I really do so the festival itself how much did you were you involved with with that happening because um, it's the first one right it's the first say, one yeah. but it's it's been um, in the pipeline for a while like we were here last year uh, first time in Truman Brewery previously we'd been at Olympia which was wonderful like the hall of Olympia is just a beautiful piece of architecture the work there was fantastic but as an area it just wasn't the right area to be in with our judges and for what we wanted to do with the festival. So we moved it to Shoreditch. And then we were here last year with the work, which is wonderful. And we had a couple of talks in the evening and they were just fantastic and really well attended and really lifted the place. And we were kind of thinking, hang on a minute, we should lean into this. So we went from three talks last year to 150 talks this year, which is a, yeah. a fair leap in a year. It's a boom, yeah. Um, and I can claim no responsibility for it. It's all the DNAD team. DNAD has a fantastic crew of people. Um, that are just so dedicated to what TNOD does to inspire and celebrate creativity. And, and, and they're all wonderful, they're all lovely, and they all work so hard at putting this on. And so all the credit goes to them, really, for, uh, for what we're doing. So now we have a three-day festival um, uh, and, and just an amazing array of speakers um, that, across all genres and personalities all day long. And, and I think what I, what I personally like about it is it couples up awards in education. I think you yeah. say, what do awards do in the world? What's the point? Well, you make you happy, that's nice. You know, if you're in a career that might get you promoted, you know, they can yeah. make you feel good. Nothing wrong with a pat on your back for no. your peers, especially when they're as hard to win as a DNAD pencil. You win one, you feel good. I'm, Absolutely, I'm all yeah. for that, that's good. But more than that, that pencil teaches us something about what good work is, where the benchmark for creative quality is. Yes. And that benchmark isn't a piece of data, it's a piece of your heart. Mm. A lot of people have said, I love that work, to win that pencil. So we can learn from that, and we can create education, curriculums, and lessons from that yep. that can teach everybody else how to win a pencil. And so we create a feedback loop, which we call Win One, Teach One. Yep. So for every pencil, hard one though it is, there is a lesson that can teach someone else how to win a pencil like that. Spin that, we raise the floor of creativity, yep. and we make everyone better. So for me, the value here of what we're doing in coupling up the festival with the awards is we make the good times stronger but we also put education at the heart of what we do and yes. that's at the heart of DNAD yeah, which is my presidential drum beating from the no, it's, it's, you articulated that better than I ever could but I, mean, I think it's I think it's, I'm a big believer in, in, in competition as a healthy thing and I think one of the if you know technology is great but when you when you enter that world let's say you come out of a uni and you go into this world where you, it's swamped with amazing talent and portfolios it can be quite daunting so to have this nucleus and, and in the sense that the awards are 
well, you say it's a benchmark, and it's it's nice to sort of group that and go right. This this is at least an island almost in the yeah. middle of this huge sea of talent, which can be overwhelming at times. So I it's think it's good a to have parameters. Yeah, if I was if I was a student or uh, well, not actually, no relevance. Just me now, like forty three. Like I've uh, been in the game quite a while, but this I stand on DNAD and I jump. Yes. You know, it's a platform for me that I can push off from and leap. And I don't want to repeat what I've seen, but I'm going to borrow every inch of it and I'm going to use that reference and I'm going to twist it and I'm going to leap again off this platform. Mm. So I think that's what we create. We create a platform for people to jump from. Where they jump to is their own choice. Yeah. And that's what's exciting about it. Yeah, I, I, I'm really looking forward to it. And, um, like you say, amazing choice of venue and the branding's looking really, really yeah, strong. Bra- let's and, do a uh, proper plug for the beautiful meme. On, uh, the beautiful the meme have, have nailed it. I mean, you know, I couldn't really fault it I looked I was looking through it all earlier and it's really quite uh, it's really quite striking and it is innovative yeah and it's very them like I approached them because they'd done this kind of work for a few museums and I really liked it I really liked the tone of voice I really liked the the kind of energy and the graphics that they're creating and, and the mix of the two I felt was quite special and my brief to them was I think I probably just said premium punk you know, I probably that's really yeah. that's really well, and I didn't give them much more of a briefing than that, and then I just got out of the way. Yeah, and it's all them. It's fantastic, and I'm so delighted with it. And to Brilliant. see it down Hanbury yeah. Street and Brick Lane, yeah, I'm like I'm ten foot tall. I'm so proud of it. Yeah, I, I love gotcha. it. And I think they've done a fantastic job. And I was talking to Aaron, one of the designers there today. I saw him outside putting the stuff up. Big grin on his face, as big as mine. I think. Brilliant. But he, what he felt, which was lovely, is he felt this was really indicative of where they were as a business, as, as creators right now. Yeah. He felt it was very them. Yeah. And I love that because it's a platform for them as well. So they've not done what I wanted. Yeah. They've just taken what I suggested and yeah. ran and ran and ran. Perfect. I think it's lovely. Yeah. Oh, God, you can, you can see the love in it, you know. I think you can, there's, you can tell there's almost a... a positive lack of constraint within yes. our stuff you know I think that reflects in, yes. the, in the way it's turned there's out there's trust you know there's yeah. real, there was real trust that they would go I think there was a couple of steers on the way where we kind of gave them a, a few pointers but, yeah. but, but good direction is essential but, yeah. but also what a, what a strong central graphic in the pencil itself to, yes. uh, to allow everything yeah. else just very to, good. to yeah. develop I think it's um, I think it's fantastic yeah, yeah, so it's a big congratulations on that and I think they broke a lot of rules yeah. which I love yeah, of course, yeah, yes. it's, it's, it's the way they wrote DNAD Festival 2016 like it's just so wrong it's right again <laughs> yeah uh, when I, I love that though when there was real consternation about it when it was first shown and I was like this is great it's like yeah my, my I, working with designers now when they put um, they'll, they'll do their layouts and they'll put the logo on they'll do their stuff and I'm like yeah you know everything's kind of right but it's kind of too right. Yes. Can't you just yeah. fuck it up a little bit? Yeah. And they look at me like I'm crazy. And my, the proposition is like, we, we know what advertising looks like. We know yeah. the semiotics of communication. And therefore, if everything is in the expected place, we, yeah. we just switch off. We don't yes. see it anymore. Yeah. So you must put things in obtuse, yeah. unusual positions to catch someone's yeah. attention. And it's that thing about breaking, you've got to know the rules to break them almost. But, but then, yeah, if that's a conscious decision and you understand why it's wrong almost, it's... it's Right, you know. Was um, it Ralph Sedman says there are no mistakes? Well, there are. I completely agree. I, I spent my first year at uni trying to be Ralph Sedman before I realised how bad mimicry actually is <laughs> for your own creativity. But you know, well, so he would tell you he doesn't know what he is. I think so. He would just just does it. Do we do any of us? Unless we're lying, I don't know. Uh, you know maybe. That's another, that, that, that's could, that could be a rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm staying out of that rabbit hole. I worked. Uh, I work quite often for the guy I mentioned earlier at WWE, Dave Hilton. 
and he was he pretty much had his design school working for Felix Dennis at the Dennis Publishing and then you said exactly what you said then about that Felix instilled that just get it right and then fuck it up that was that was Felix he said that it's always in him everything that he does now has passed down to him and I think him telling me that story has passed that down to me and that's very, yeah, always nice. something that I've got nice. now and, um, but it was always I remember years ago working in Photoshop I would turn layers on accidentally and the picture was way better than if I had yeah. You know, and I'd always kind of just, and I always put it, put something in the wrong place on purpose to see how bad it looks. Yeah, it's, I think it's a really healthy thing. I'm, I'm doing a series at, at the moment, just off my own back of, in the lead up to the Euros, I'm doing bad left-handed portraits, all the pen at the extremity, and it's. Do you know what? And I got the same guy I mentioned, Dave. I got his text off him about halfway through, going, "They're getting too good. I love like, it. Like you need to push it back yeah. the other way." And I was like, "He's right. They've, I'd gotten." such a level of confidence going on that they were starting to really look quite strong oh, so, so I've had to give it even less control and, um, are they online are they doing Instagram all online. I'll send you a link they're all online on, yeah they're on my social platforms oh, and just, you know what, I'm I'll follow so you on fun. Instagram I'd love to see this stuff I'm having yeah. so much fun doing them and some of them are really borderline offensive but I don't care it's, oh, a lot. it's just too much fun to do it and um, I'm almost enjoying it more than my sort of considered it's stuff. It's funny now. though, bad. <laughs> how long do they take to do? They're very quick. I mean, ten minutes. Oh, yeah, lovely. I you just know. like if, the concept. If that, if that. Yeah. Badlefthandportraits.com. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show you. Are you a football fan? I am. Yes. I'll show you. Liverpool. Liverpool. See you oh well, there you go. So. Today's was Daniel Sturridge. So I'll oh, show there you, you go. Let's have a look at bad left hand Daniel Sturridge. <laughs> Shocking. But is there something nice about it that I really like? <laughs> it is shocking. But, it is but, but you can tell, okay, that's the thing. Everyone's recognisable. It's it really is, surprising. It's recognisable. It's amazing. Complete with dance. It's like. <laughs> but if you hadn't put if you hadn't put the name on, you said who's that? Yeah. I said Daniel Sturridge. This is the thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, it does look like Daniel Sturridge in a kind of a fourth dimensional kind of strange. <laughs> you know, like Daniel Sturridge after I'd taken a hell of a lot of LSD. Daniel Sturridge. <laughs> And I really want to put them on the tea towel when I'm done in the, in the style of those old school ones when you all did a self-portrait. But I'm, I'm, I'm reading a lot of um, Roald Dahl books at the moment to my son, he's four years old, and sort of um, classic Fantastic Mr. Fox and what have you. Yeah. And the Quentin, uh, Quentin Blake illustrations in them uh, are just fantastic and yeah. beautiful, and, but they're simple like this, you know, they're yeah. simple mark-making and line, and... and I don't know, I did, I did technical illustration originally, really sort of exploded engine parts and 3D grids, really ridiculous kind of ellipse guys. Because at one point I could put my knuckles under a ruler and paint the perfect one point line with a brush, you know. And, and, and so I got taught the wrong school of drawing yes. because I got taught for perfection rather than what you have there, which is lovely mark making and expression. Yeah. Which means I find it really hard to draw loosely. I mean, that was. Because I won't accept the freedom of yeah, it. Do you know what this I mean? Was, I mean it's a, obviously, it's an illusional simplicity. This was years to gather the confidence to uh, let that line yeah. go where it will. Yes. It took, what, two years of my. I'm sure if you read that, you'll find out. But my college students took a year and a half to even get me to start thinking that way and appreciating the value. That's interesting. I didn't get it. I would sit there like that for, for months and months and they would lose their mind saying, why can you not replicate what you're doing in your life drawing sessions yeah. in this? And yeah. it's the fear of the finished thing. It is. And I think anyway. we've touched on this point a couple of times. It's a big thing for me is the point of confidence. And, and a lot of my work, uh, a lot of DNAD and a lot of my work is an ECD and advertising is to give people confidence. Yes. Uh, and just, I, I use the term permission a lot. And I don't mean that you're allowed, I allow you to do something. I've just created enough space that you have permission to behave how you need to behave to get it done. Yeah. There's enough kind of bumper rails that you're not going to hurt yourself, but there's also plenty of space to bounce around like a lunatic. Yeah. And I think that creates confidence, it creates opportunity. And that's really what makes work good. It's not, it's not always talent. 
it's it's also confidence and have the confidence to experiment to release the talent. Yeah. And I, and I think there's so much talent hidden and blocked by lack of confidence that it's it's a shame. The more work we do, certainly with young people, is to build confidence to release potential. Yeah. Then we get more creativity. I completely agree. Yeah, it's, it's you know it is. It's playing. It's not enough people playing. Or, or there's a lot of self-edit that goes on as well, which is another thing. Too self-conscious about what you like. I am. I'd be too, too far too self-conscious to do a drawing and show anyone these days. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll keep you posted. But there's an exhibition that I throw myself in at the deep end and putting on in November called the Worry Club, and we're not going into details now. But it, it's going down the borderline modern art route. But I just. I was kind of annoyed at myself for never having done anything that would get wrath and elation in equal measure. <laughs> I, read, I read the Lucky Kunst book on the YBA movement and I was kind of annoyed that I love what I do but it's always to sort of briefs and um, there's always an end goal that people yeah. appreciate. I wanted to do something completely off the wall that upset. I want people in divorce caught over this project, you know, it's like... <laughs> And, um, and it, it's just something I need to do as a human being. You need to get it out, do you? I do, yeah. And have, I just you got, have you got one of those classic illustrators, Dark Souls? Is that what I'm seeing here? Yeah. When the front, front is very personal and pleasant, but <laughs> a lot of sort of... And the, the Ralph Steadman, the kind of Martin Rosen, the kind of Gerald Scarf. Yeah. You know, the, there's, there's all like the acerbic centre of the... Absolutely. There's a necessary outlet there. There's no doubt about that, but we'll just see where that goes but it's good fun and it? and it all comes back to the main game which you know it's great even if that's the worst thing I've ever done um, the illustrated version of the uh, Sweet Smell of My Psychosis no it's a Will Self book illustrated oh, okay. by Martin Rosen oh wow it's oh. phenomenal it just is a, it's, it's dark <laughs> well that's fantastic well I think that pretty much wraps up uh, the show but you've I got a good hour in there I think it's yeah, brilliant yeah, we're more than I could have gone far well. so yeah I'm excited about the festival anyway so I hope uh, I hope it's as successful as it promises to be me and too yeah. Yeah, well hopefully we'll see you there absolutely along. certainly will I've got a full three day pass with my agents so yeah. I'm going to be down here with that thing just cornering people good yeah, so well, I'll if, see if there's anyone you want that I can help open up for you let me know so. that'd be awesome yeah so I will uh, I'll certainly tap you up for awesome. that awesome great cheers Andy you're very welcome so what an awesome insight to uh, the role of Andy Sandoz as president of DNAD, um, Design and Art Direction. That's an absolute honour in the industry, what a, a prestigious role, and I hope you'll agree that that insight into Andy as a man, as a creative, as the president of DNAD, as the executive creative director of Havas Worldwide, is perfect for the role. Um, Andy's tenure will be coming to an end before too long, and we already know that Bruce Duckworth of Turner and Duckworth, one of the big, again one of the biggest ad agencies out there, will be stepping into his shoes, big shoes to fill, uh, as you would have heard in that. Loads of good advice and what the organisation is about, where Andy sees the industry. I think I'll be going back for a second listen. That's safe to say on that one, uh, and hoping to stay in touch with Andy, who is a real, real. Uh, forward thinker really switched on really inspiring stuff so in part two as i said i'm hoping to bring you a few words with bruce duckworth um and loads of other guests and people at the festival and just hopefully give you a feel of what's been going on and why this is a a real step forward for the business um to have an awesome melting pot where everyone can come down meet in person have their awards judged and and 
chosen by people credible enough to do that and to create a healthy competition, which is, which is important, and give those necessary pats on the back, you know, in uh, either experienced stages in a career or fragile stages. It's all exciting stuff, and DNA D have really, really impressed me already, and I've only really spoken to Andy Sanders. So I'm going to be a man on the scene. I'm going to get around and play a journalist for the rest of this week. So I will bring you uh, lots of different bite-sized conversations. I hope you enjoy this format. It's going to be an exciting one. Uh, cheers for tuning in. Thanks to our sponsors, Hearts Internet and Illustration Limited. Uh, uh, go and check them out, heartsinternet.co.uk, illustrationweb.com. Go and see what those guys are up to. Awesome stuff, important people in our industry. Uh, see you in part two.